Hello and welcome back to Let's Go Racing with Riley Taché. Sup. We're here today with our second episode of our second season. Oh yeah. Today we have quite a few things to get to. So first off, let's give some updates to our fans and talk about what you've been up to lately. Okay, so we have a bunch of stuff. Um, So... So many things have been happening, and there's about to be more things that are going to happen, and the two things that we're going to talk about today is, obviously, the quarter midget stuff, and then a new sport that me and my brother Alex have been starting in I-9 Sports flag football because yeah okay so why don't we give a quick update of last weekend's race we had a sunday race day it was a points race it was also the feature feature race which means they have the rookies out at the beginning of the race to take their picture and their names are announced and they get to run some extra laps because of that. So why don't you tell us how that went? It went good. I finished second, by the way. Woo! Oh, yeah. How'd you feel out there? Felt good. And yeah. your car's running a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, my parents got a trailer. And we got permission to take a car to take my quarter magic car back to our house so we can work on it. So. It's a big deal. Yeah. Life has been doing great. And, uh. What else happened at the race? Anything that stands out to you that. I mean, someone almost broke her wrist. Yeah, that was kind of a, yeah, of a so big what deal. Happened, uh, I don't know what happened. I was talking to one of my friends. But I guess she came out of turn three and just got loose and hit head on straight into the wall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, she just went straight into the wall. Um, Somehow. That turn, it's that turn four. Gets everybody. Yeah, because earlier that day, a bunch of people kept on crashing in turn four. Yeah. Um, And there's also um, an unfair advantage for Mackenzie that of sugar too. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. A lot of sugar. On Unfortunately race days. parents don't like that. Us kids. We're just rocking it, man. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to your next update, which you said was something about some flag football. Yeah. So so far there have been three games so far this season. Uh me and Alex have only done two, but we've won all three of them. And our latest game 
was just um, last Tuesday, and it ended up being twenty-one to seven. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like our first game that me and Alex did, where it ended up being, I think, twenty-seven to zero. Um, but I yet need to score some kind of points. But um, Alex. Well, you're good on the defense, pulling yeah, the flags. Yeah, Alex. He's great on offense. I mean. He scored three touchdowns already, and two of them were in the same game, which was last Tuesday. So, yeah, he's yeah. pretty fast. What what does the team call him? Uh, wheels. Yeah, wheels. He's a car, pretty much. He's fast. Um, I would tell you what the play is that we get Alex to score touchdowns with, but it's a secret. Top secret. Play so your secret files. You guys are having fun with flag football for the summer, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, flag football. It's been doing good. Racing's been good, yeah. and I think that's it for our updates. Um, in our last update for flag football is that on defense, we kind of have nicknames that the coach gave us and there's some as Crawford Island um CJ's World and then some other stuff but then mine is Riley's Pit of Doom so if you get to me you can't get past me Dun dun dun. Yeah. Okay, today we are also talking about Lost Speedways, one of our favorite shows. What speedway are we going to be talking about today, Ray? The first episode of Lost Speedways was Daytona Beach, so that's what we're going to start off with. And today's going to be a great day. I can tell you that. So let's get it going. What do you have for us? What information can you share about so, that episode? Daytona Beach is actually called Daytona Beach Road Course. And the most cars that NASCAR ever had racing on Daytona Beach was 120 cars. Whoa, that's a lot. And, um, <clears throat> that's not even close to the dirt bike race, which is what they call National Dirt, dirt Bike Day, which is when people get their dirt bikes out and drive up and down the beach. Okay. And they had a whopping 230-something um, motorcycles racing. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's 
bikes quite a bit, and they managed to do that. I mean, dirt bikes are small, dude. They ended up starting five wide, so. Okay, so was when was the Daytona course made? Well, it was made in 1941, I believe. Belle France was the person who started it after the speed records, um, speed something, um, moved to the soft flats instead of the beach, and when they did that, Belle France saw an opportunity after the worst race at Daytona Beach ever, which just got cars stuck in the sand and all that kind of stuff. After that, Bill Francois' opportunity, he um, made a meeting in a hotel, and they said that they're going to make NASCAR, and they did, and when they did, that gave Florida its economic ba- economy back oh, because okay. this is people to the town. This is just coming off of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. So NASCAR came in and that just solved Florida's problems, mm-hmm. solved everyone's problem in you in the USA because people started moving towards Florida to race at Daytona Beach and when they did that just did everything because people would come back with Mm -hmm. money that they would win Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about how it was like driving on the actual beach for the cars well that is it's harder than you think because you're driving on a beach next to an ocean. Mm-hmm. I don't know which ocean it is. I think it's the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. I just got that right. I am good. It is, and also it's. it was 1936, the first year that it opened, just as a side note there. And um, when they did that, waves would come in. Splash on the windshield. There, there wouldn't be any dust, which is surprising. I mean, mm-hmm. there would be a tiny bit, but whatever. Get sand in your teeth, eyes. A lot of the drivers complained of uh, getting sand in their mouth, in their eyes. Very gritty sand, so that had to have been pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, but they went, I believe, like 150 laps around. Mm-hmm. Surprising that someone would even win that. But with the waves, people would overshoot the north turn, which is turns three and four. And then you would get onto a highway, I believe. You would drive down that into the south turn. Oh, okay. So the whole thing wasn't on the beach. Yeah, the entire thing was not on the beach. Trouble South Turn 
something, something self turn. I mean, self turn. The self turn was a terrible turn. It's not terrible. It's just hard. Okay. So when you came in there, going a hundred fifty miles per hour, flying into this corner. The sand's not going to stop you. The sand ain't stopping you. Because yep. 150 miles per hour against sand. Who do you think going to win? Yeah, 150 miles per hour. Because, like, <laughs> the sand can't stop you. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, some of the guys couldn't turn on the way. Because, like, they couldn't apply their brakes later in the race. And they would get onto the turn fly straight off it. Oh. And there are grandstands, I would say, maybe five yards, maybe 10, 20 yards away. Okay. And cars would come in almost flying right into it. Right. And the post are wood, man. Wood post. Imagine sitting in that grandstand. And it never broke. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing, but it almost did several times. The cars almost ran into it. But... It's just crazy that you would come into the corner, you would get halfway, and you would, like, do two barrel rolls in the air before, like, landing on your side. Mm -hmm. And then just barrel rolling three three more times and then finally settling down and then Mm -hmm. climb out and people are just going bonkers that you survived mm-hmm. because 1942 guys there weren't any safety harnesses so another thing that i noticed i thought was interesting is the beach that they drove on a lot of people might imagine it's when you walk along the beach and your feet kind you can make footprints in the sand but this is actually very very hard it's almost as hard as concrete because of the water it has pieces of quartz in it, and the water hardens the beach, so it actually was as hard as a normal racetrack would be. Yeah, um, it's hard enough to carry two-ton vehicle. Mm-hmm. I would say, right now I'm just estimating, uh, I don't want to do multiplication during so I'm just going to say around 300 tons of vehicles driving on this sand and having that hold up Um, so you can still dig your feet into it it's just going to be really hard Mm -hmm. but um I think it was Bonte Flock some driver every race he would come down Dig his thumb or finger in, or pointed finger into it and lick the sand <laughs> and swallow it. And he, and he would tell something about it like, okay, we're going to set the car up like this because of the sand. So he'd taste it and then that was his inspiration for his race. Now, if you guys don't think that's crazy, I don't know what will, but like, dude. It is crazy that you would know that. I mean, you just get some sand and eat it. I mean, that's I guess why they had it edible. in their tea. Yeah, but um, there's one spot 
just coming into turn into the north turn where Junior Johnson um he he almost flipped three times in the past f- five laps mm-hmm. and chasing down the first place car. Finally, his car lets loose. He barrels at least ten times. And I believe the glass, the glass broke, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of that, because like this is 1942, guys. There wasn't very much protection in vehicles these days, or those days. And um, he was fine. He just had like probably a few scratches, bruises. Hmm. He climbed out of the back window. It's like, nah, bruh. He just runs toward the ocean, kind of, then runs beside the ocean. Um, the ocean, and then just save. He was okay. Yeah, like life is on his side. Like <laughs> seriously, he was probably running because he was excited that he was still alive and able and to. He was run. running so to make sure that he would still be alive. That yeah, he, that he would stay alive and not get hit by moving traffic. <laughs> but, uh, it's so weird. then, after the after they stopped driving on the beach, what happened? Cause, because today they they don't drive on the beach anymore. Well, Bill France saw that the beach wasn't getting very popular anymore. So he started building a track that would take two years to build, which we all know Daytona. International Daytona Speedway. International Speedway. Once that was finished, they moved the cars there and would start... Um, awesome i mean like it would be an awesome start for this new track and when this happened on the first race the big one happens the first big one in nascar history would happen just off of turn four just coming in just coming off turn three into turn four um giant wreck but we're not going to talk about that because this is not Daytona Beach. But they finally moved out. Um, I believe it's 10 miles away from the beach. Mm-hmm. So not that bad. Just a extra minute short of a drive. But uh, still, it wasn't great. And, that and that's where it is today. Basker. I mean... Daytona Beach started off the dirt racing for NASCAR mm-hmm. for a good 10 years before they finally made Daytona, and that just boosted NASCAR up. Mm-hmm. Bill France never done that. Um, NASCAR would probably not be a thing, and it just... Yeah, and we're going to highlight Bill France later on and tell a little bit about him and his story and how what a big deal he is for the NASCAR community. Yeah, and uh, Daytona Beach was never the beach that it is. Yeah. NASCAR wouldn't have been a thing exactly. without... Without the beach and Bill France. Without building something. Um, I have a question for you before we wrap up this segment. If you had a chance to go to the Daytona 500, the first race of the season down in Florida, would you go? Yes. 
<laughs> Definitely. No doubt about it, right? So yeah. we've got to add that to our bucket list of things we want to go also, to. Also, if there's anyone out there who makes video games or anything like that, I just want to make a request. Um, could you make a game that would be from the 2022 season timeline in NASCAR all the way back to 1950 to the early 1950s mm-hmm. in that schedule because I really want to race on those tracks and in 1958. Yes, Riley has been really interested in finding a game that would be back in the classic NASCARs. He wants to race in the original race tracks with the original drivers, the old time uh, drivers and the old cars. So if anybody knows of a video game that is like that already, please let us know. And or if, if you, you know someone who does make Or if you know someone who makes video games, he has a great idea and he's had this idea for a couple of years. So uh, just give long. us a shout if you have anybody in mind. All right, that wraps up Daytona Speedway. Anything else you want to add? Uh one thing. Bill France was a genius. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill France. That was a good ending. <laughs> okay, wait. We're back, and this is a segment that we are going to feature Gar Robinson. Gar Robinson, but he's not actually here. But I did get to meet him in person. Maybe three four months ago mm-hmm. I don't really know but it was probably the best time ever because I interviewed an actual race car driver for the IMSA Racing Association IMSA is International Motor Sports Association yeah pretty long but uh so we had this opportunity because we have a really great friend who is a coach for Riley and Alex he's their conditioning coach he does a lot of indoor kids gym classes and that is Mr. Ralph Tompkins and we just want to give a quick shout out to him to thank him very much for setting us up with his friend Guy Robinson yeah, he has a bunch of sports friends, and that is awesome, and it's sweet that I actually got to meet Gar Robinson, and that was probably the best time ever. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about Gar Robinson. How did he get started in racing? The exact same way that I'm probably going to get started. Quarter midget racing guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. He raised at Waterford, but he wasn't home there. He um, actually bought his own car. His family bought his own car, and they, like, just traveled around. And the crazy thing about um, quarter midgets is that it's like mini NASCAR. Mm -hmm. 
Except not. But you actually travel around the USA. Because not all the tracks are in, like, two, five states. There's some in, like, Florida, California. Yeah, they're all over. Um, Not New York, though, so there goes that hope. But New- that's probably because most of the tracks are all the way in the west, in, like, California, mm-hmm. and whatever's over there, Texas. I think Texas. So, um, speaking of New York, what did Gar say was his one of his favorite courses to race on? Watkins Glen. Yep. And I think Watkins Glen is half owned by Canada and half owned by us. Hmm. So. That's interesting. I'll have yeah, to because, verify um, that. Uh, we do our national anthem, um, anthem, and then they do their national anthem. Oh. So. Okay. It's kind of confusing, so I'm kind of wondering that. But, um. How fast did Gar say that he's ever driven? Uh, close to 200 as a solid one, 198 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And think of this. He's racing on road courses every time. 198 miles per hour is great. It, but he probably gets that speed and Mainly Daytona and, like, other tracks. I'm just saying Daytona because that's the only track I know that they race at that I've actually seen besides Walking the Glen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I don't really know any other track. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, what was his best advice that he gave you? Um, as a new race car driver, look, look at your own path, not the other driver's. Yep. Because if you run the other driver's path, you could get passed by yourself, which I'm still trying to learn on. I'm trying, mm-hmm. trying to work on that. I'm trying to run my own line, but it's kind of hard at a quarter midget track when you pretty much have to w- run one good line. Yeah, but he's saying, you know, don't look at the car in front of you. Look straight through that car so that you're driving your own race. If you pay attention to that guy in front of you, or girl, in front of you, then you're driving their race, right? Yeah. So that was some really good information and advice that he gave us. And what what was the big prize that he won for winning the 24-hour at Daytona? Um, a Rolex. Yeah. And I think the entire team gets one. Yep. And so that's a lot of money buying a Rolex for a giant team, dude. I mean, that is that's, a lot. It's a big reward. So what did you what did you get to do with that Rolex? Uh I get a I got to wear it for a little while. You got to hold it, and he took it off so that you could see it. Because so. he had it with him, because that's his like main watch. and yeah, That's it's really cool. And uh, I got his autograph on one of my quarter midget pictures. Um, so when I was driving around the track during mm-hmm. qualifying or practice, I don't really know, but... No, we I have that in your room. And I actually got an autograph that I got to see. I have two autographs. I think one is from Clint Boyer. And then 
I don't Kurt, know if it's Kurt Busch. Yeah, I don't. It's in the catalog, so I don't know if it was from Kurt, um, Clint Boyer, because hmm. it's on the 14. But then I think it says Tony Stewart on it, so I'm kind of confused. Oh, that is confusing. But uh, they both <sighs> ran the 14. Yeah. So. Um. Oh, well. Okay. So one of the things that I wanted to mention that Gar told us was his advice was also when it gets hard don't throw in the towel you learn something from every lap I thought that was great because sometimes even when you're frustrated you know you wanna say well it wasn't good enough because I didn't win but really you learned something from either the mistakes you made or the things that you did right so you can keep those in your back pocket on how to keep improving yeah um so also um when i watched lost speedways one guy said when you finished eighth at daytona beach you just pack up and leave so that's pretty much throwing down the towel and one time he said Eighth isn't that bad out of a 63-car field, huh? Yeah, yeah it's you not gotta that keep bad. Going. You it's gotta, not that bad at all. Gotta work your way up there. Yeah, dude, I mean, 63 cars. One time, I think they ended up having, like... I think they ended up having 72 cars one time. Um, so, that that was the most stock cars that they actually ended up with at Daytona beach and that's probably the most guys that they've ever raced with so uh yeah it's pretty crazy yeah so that wraps up our gar interview that we had it was an awesome day riley will remember that forever i want to give a shout out to ralph with swag kids gym for setting that up and making that happen to us and thank you gar and i also want to give a shout out for gar robinson for spending some time to actually do this and also just for a shout out if gar robinson if you are listening um maybe could you be my sponsor for my quarter midget (laughs) because uh that would help (laughs) we're still looking for a car and a quarter we're still looking for a sponsor and a quarter midget car and um we'll put your name and logo right on the quarter midget so and on our trailer right put that logo right on there yep (laughs) all right thank you both to gar and ralph we had a really great day that day and that is it That's a wrap on this episode. And next episode we're going to we're going to be talking about Bill France and our you know experience facts, experience we're going to be talking about our experience at Indianapolis because we're heading there this weekend to watch the race for NASCAR. Yep. What I've been wanting to do. And we're I hope I go to the Daytona 500 next time. <laughs> yes, we're heading to Indiana, to the Brickyard, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. 
We will be there on Sunday. We'll maybe catch some Xfinity races Saturday night. Yep. Hoping we run into some race drivers in real life. And it's definitely going to be worth it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be worth it. We've got our um, protective ear covering and everything. Earmuffs. It's going to be loud. It's going to be hot outside. And, and it's going to be fun. I'm going to have to charge my laptop. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. We look forward to filling you in on updates and our experiences next time. Thank you. Bye.